Welcome back to the Big Tilt, a Rotoviz Player Profiler DFS podcast. We are entering week eight, and we're coming off a strong week seven where we told you don't sleep on Tua. And the man that's joining me, as he does every single week, told you to play A.J. Brown, and I hope you listen. I'm your host, Mike Randall. Follow me on Twitter at Randall Rant. And we are sponsored by Underdog Fantasy, which is offering now 100% deposit match up to $100. Go to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code UNDERWORLD to get that 100% deposit match bonus. And joining me as always, the mad who gives you the insight, who hopefully won you a lot of money last week and in the future weeks, Dr. Josh Larkey. You could follow him on Twitter at JLarkeyTweets. AJ Brown to a tag of low at QB1. Josh, I think it was a pretty good week for us. It was a good week indeed. Those Brady double stacks also hit. Oh. There was there was a lot to like about week seven. So we're here now. And just to add a couple things to underdog, I know everyone wants to play those underdog pickums because let's be honest, their payout structure is the best in the business. Yes, sir. And for those listening, I've got two lines for you right now. Hit those early and often while they're up. The first is Michael Carter who I think is actually DFS viable this week as he's now the passing down back for the Jets. However, Mike White in at quarterback. This team is dreadful. The Bengals defense, not even that bad. Do I think Michael Carter is going to hit 46 and a half rushing yards when he's hit that number one out of six games this year? Not with Mike White under center. (laughs) Oh no. Hit that under 46 and a half rush yards for Michael Carter. That's gimme money. The other one, now, I'm a big under guy. However, we'll give you an over just, just to mix it up because I know there's the over crowd out there. Deontay Johnson, over 67 and a half receiving yards. That puts him on a 1,080-yard pace for 16 games, which that's pretty low for a wide receiver one in an offense who has very established chemistry with his quarterback and is getting over 10 targets a game. Juju out, Ebron out. Deontay's hit the over the past four games on that number. Take the over once again this week with Deontay. I was watching Quantum of Solace recently, Josh. No one likes Mr. White in Quantum of Solace. So no one likes Mike White this week. And that's why you're going under on Mr. Carter's prop, as Josh just told you. Week eight is a great slate. There's a lot of action, a lot of stacking possibilities, a lot of intriguing games as well. Very different than week seven. Let's dive right into it. First game up, Indianapolis, now minus two over Tennessee. Surprised a lot of people with the Titans in first place in the division. Two games ahead of the Colts is an underdog at Indianapolis. The over-under is 51. You could go a million places here. Carson Wentz has been hot. Jonathan Taylor has been superior. He's finally getting that positive touchdown regression. Hines, Pittman is getting all the volume, but T.Y. Hilton is supposed to play. Someone who's near and dear to my heart ever since his BCU basketball days, Mo Alley-Cox, also viable for the Colts. You have Tannehill. Do we do something with Derrick Henry? He's under 9,000 on DraftKings, but he's 10.9 on FanDuel. A.J. Brown, Mr. Larkey called it. Julio Jones is out, and Anthony Ferkser, who I will die on the hill for as a truther. Josh, Colts, Titans, break it down. This is a really good game to target. It's right at the top. That's why we let off with this one. And I think you can do basically anything. However, I would not recommend Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry in the same lineup. That's just a lot of money tied up in running back. I know they're both explosive and they can break long runs. However, I think that's kind of the, that's a really, really low percent outcome 
and you probably can't have the quarterbacks in there. So next thing you know, we have a non-Colts Titans quarterback with two running backs in the same game. But yeah, aside from that, we can go Wentz stacks. T.Y. Hilton expected to play. You can play Hilton. You could play Pittman. I think some fun double stacks would be Wentz with Hilton or Pittman and Mo Alley-Cox as the second guy there. So there's a lot that we can do with the cold side. I even think you can have Wentz and Taylor in the same lineup if you want to go Wentz, Taylor, and a pass catcher. Still not super interested in the other running backs there. Just we haven't seen the consistent enough workload for Hines. Who knows what's going on with Marlon Mack and trade rumors, but I think the pass catchers and Taylor super viable. Very easy to just run it back with the big dog when Derrick Henry, like you said, is under 9K on DraftKings, still way up at nearly 11,000 on FanDuel. So still not prohibitive, but very, very expensive there. But yeah, I like these Wentz stacks. Just run it back with Henry or run it back with AJ Brown. 6,900 DraftKings, 7,600 FanDuel. Julio Jones is out. Just another smash spot. This Colts secondary has not been great. I mean, AJ Brown is just going to shred some zone defense. And on the other side, the Titans secondary has been god awful this year as well. And I think it's actually a nice gift that we saw them shut down the Chiefs in a game that a lot of people tuned into. Because it takes away that literally every single other week, their defense struggled against receivers. So, Josh, 31st in the league in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. And that is with. The shutdown of the Chiefs. That's what we like to hear. So yeah, I I don't think you can go wrong in how you stack this game. With Wentz, single or double stacks, I think those are both fine. Wentz is really inexpensive. But I wouldn't do any kind of double stacks with both Hilton and Pittman. That's just a lot of salary tied up with Wentz and trusting him there. And then on the Titan side, I think you single stack Tannehill with A.J. Brown. You could dabble with an A.J. Brown Ferks or double stack, but... I think you can keep it really simple with Tannehill. It's very unlikely A.J. Brown doesn't hit in this game. And if A.J. Brown hits, then there's a pretty good chance that Tannehill hits to some degree. So, yeah, I I like it. I think if I had to pick my favorite way to play this, it would probably be Wentz, Pittman, A.J. Brown. Just keep it really simple there. But again, I think there's just a plethora of combinations here especially as the only game, Josh, with an over-under total over 50 on the main slate. The Dallas game is Sunday night. The Chiefs-Giants is on Monday. So if you're looking for the highest scoring game, I think this is the one that you should turn your attention to. Next up, the Eagles, minus three and a half at Detroit. Over-under is 48. Really confusing game here. You have Hertz, who very well, Josh, could be benched for Gardner Minshew. That is possible, yet he still is, I believe, QB5, QB4 right now with his fantasy points because almost 70% of his fantasy points come in the fourth quarter. Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott now, no Miles Sanders, of course. Devontae Smith is always lurking. Jalen Rager, do we care? I don't think so. Dallas Goddard is still viable, even though he hasn't exploded since Zach Ertz left. Zach Ertz has exploded, but not Dallas Goddard, but certainly he's going to hit at some point. Jared Goff, DeAndre Swift. We love DeAndre Swift. You have been singing his praises since the preseason. Somehow he is still not a top five priced running back, so we will take advantage of that. Jamal Williams seems to have gone out to pasture. TJ Hawkinson, always viable. Uh, Amaron St. Brown, if you're interested. Where do we go here? Eagles and Lions. 
So I think we have to play a lot of Jalen Hurts. Yes, Minshew has been discussed. However, I think logically, we know that Minshew is not a franchise quarterback and that there's just no real chance that can happen. He lacks the arm strength. He's not quite mobile enough. Whereas with Jalen Hurts, is he truly a franchise quarterback you can build around? I don't know, but all I know is that I can't definitively say he's not the answer. So that's why I think at least week to week and probably just for season long fantasy football in general, I do believe Jalen Hurts' job is safe outside of getting injured. But at least for this week, it looks like he's starting. He's facing the Lions defense. They're terrible. Like you said, Jalen Rager probably don't want to play him, but I think playing Hurts with Devonta Smith or Hurts with Goddard, those are just incredible single stacks because they're not very expensive. You can easily run it back with Swift or Hawkinson. And then you have a ton of money left for a lot of the other higher priced players that we'll, that we'll discuss going down that we really like. I mean, you want Henry, Jonathan Taylor in your lineup, AJ Brown. A great way to do that is Hertz, Devonta Smith, uh, run it back with Swift. And you're getting some stud players without the exorbitant salary. So I really like that. And then I think in terms of the the Eagles running backs, I think Gainwell definitely viable for DFS, definitely going to be very popular. Gainwell's 5K on DK and 5.8K on FanDuel. He projects very well for both of those platforms. On my end, slightly better on DraftKings, but very similar. Boston Scott, I do not think he's very playable. And I'll kind of explain my take on the Eagles backfield and why you can't play Boston Scott in DFS. We know Jordan Howard is going to get elevated for this game. Who is, so the, the most valuable touches are the pass game touches and the goal line touches. Jordan Howard gets elevated, probably getting the goal line touches. Kenny Gainwell has point. one of Great the most point. impressive pass catching profiles in the NFL out of any running back. He's going to get the pass catching work. So we're looking with Boston Scott at some type of first and second down carry split with Gainwell. Do you know how hard it is to get there in DFS when you're an undersized between the twenties, first or second down runner like Boston Scott, the average fantasy points per carry is like 0.6 or 0.55. It's, it is so low. And that's including goal line carries, which we know Boston Scott's not going to be getting. So really, he's probably getting on average 0.3 to 0.4 fantasy points per touch. You give him eight carries, you're looking at five, six fantasy points. Boston Scott is not a viable DFS option. I would roll with Gainwell and the people out there who are choosing Boston Scott because he's only 4.4K on DraftKings, which I've seen, it seems like 3 to 5% of people are likely doing that. Let those people burn their money. Boston Scott is just not a DFS option. On the Lions side, we did see the emergence of Khalif Raymond this past week. And I think he's very interesting in general, especially in season long. But he's 5,300 on DraftKings. And at that salary, why not just go with Hawkinson, who's basically the same price, 5,400, but he's taking up the tight end slot there are just better receivers in that range. Devonta Smith is 5.5K. Very tough for you to convince me that one for one, we should be playing a lot of Khalif Raymond when just even within this game, we already have Devonta Smith as a better option. So would recommend Swift 
Hawkinson. And if you want the budget receiver on the Lions, I would go Amon Ra for this game. The Lions have had trouble stopping anyone this year. They're gamey, they're fighting, but they're still giving up fantasy points. Take a look at the Bengals when they came against Detroit there. So the Eagles are going to need to score points. The, the Lions have not been terrible. Goff has been moving them up and down the field. And gosh, last week, Josh, he was just dumping off to Swift every single chance he gets. They're gonna, they will always give it. It's very hard for a defense to take away the running back dump off because you just don't see it as a dangerous play. But Swift is eating it up. I mean, he is first right now among all running backs in targets, receptions, and receiving yards. He's basically the second coming of Alvin Kamara when Kamara was with Breeze. And I, it was kind of a slow hitter where we had the huge week one targets for Swift. And then it went back to elite, but not outrageous level. And we're starting to see it creep back towards the just outrageous. He's breaking fantasy level. DeAndre Swift had 28 fantasy points on DraftKings last week. Why is this guy not in the top five? We know that he has a great floor. We know that he has a great ceiling. He is truly the perfect fit for a Jared Goff offense because of those dump offs. And he's facing an Eagles team that historically hasn't invested very much in the linebacker position. I don't see why we can't just once again have Swift as one of our three to four highest exposure running backs as every single DFS week has been. Next up, Atlanta minus three against Carolina over under 46 and a half. I feel like the Falcons have found their mojo. Kyle Pitts consecutive weeks over 100 receiving yards. And the connection is strong. I heard Mark Sanchez on on first take talking about he visited practice and they're together all the time. Red zone drills on the side. So the connection with Pitts is there. You know Calvin Ridley, Josh, is going to pop at some point. Do we buy into the Mike Davis revenge game? Probably not. Panthers, Darnold, he'll start, but hopefully, hopefully he'll finish for those that have him. DJ Moore, let's not go crazy on DJ Moore. I know they haven't had their buy yet, so this is a little skewed. He is number two in target, 73. Fourth in receptions, 46. Receiving yards, 6, 586. And unrealized air yards on the player profiler site, 436. That is third among all receivers. So he is an option. And I'm curious to get your take here on whether you're going with Ian Thomas, who we love, or Tommy Tremble, who's been an issue here. So Falcons, Panthers, kind of a sneaky game that I think could light up the scoreboard a little bit. What say you? Yeah, this is another one that I like. With the Falcons, their offense is on a roll. The last three games... The Falcons have scored 30, 27, and 30 points. That's a lot of touchdowns. With Matt Ryan, I really like the double stacks. Generally, just these these stationary quarterbacks, the way that they're generally going to get there in a GPP is they're going to hit 300 passing yards bonus on DraftKings and throw three or four touchdowns. Very unlikely, 300 passing yards and three touchdowns all go to one receiver. That's why with these stationary quarterbacks like a Tom Brady, like a Matt Ryan, often good to double stack them. My three favorite targets are the obvious ones. Cordero Patterson, who's getting plenty of targets and is a viable stacking partner with Ryan. Calvin Ridley, who just consistently gets 10 plus targets a game. The explosion is going to happen at some point. This could be the week for it. And then, of course, Kyle Pitts, who in... In terms of if we're talking strictly value, no, Kyle Pitts is not a great value. Most expensive tight end on the slate. Yep. However, we've seen the upside now, and without having Kelsey or Waller on the slate, yes, there's a world where Pitts has five to ten more fantasy points than any other tight end and hits big for you. But 
I really like Ryan with one of those, with two of those three. I think you can also toss Russell Gage in, especially on DraftKings where this is kind of a, Russell Gage isn't really going to get there necessarily on big plays or scoring a ton of touchdowns. But if the guy gets you six, seven, eight receptions on DraftKings, which is PPR, very nice, 4,200 salary. So I think that he's also viable this week. And then on the Panthers side, I mean, oh, I was telling you about this before we started recording, Mike. Chuba Hubbard cost me so much money this so past much. week. Yep. I had a Brady Evans Godwin stack. Yeah, no perfect. run back because I didn't like the Bears. Yep. So it was just, oh, this, this lineup was flames everywhere. <laughs> and then ice cold Chuba with his, I think it was nine fantasy points, was yep. the reason that this lineup hit but I didn't walk away with tens of thousands of dollars. So Chuba is on my hate list and I'm going right back to him because the usage still really good. If you're getting a, a running back, that's going to get you 10 to 15 carries and three to seven targets a game at six K and people aren't going to be aggressively playing him. I will be aggressively playing him for you. So I think Chuba, once again, great running back to go to. 6K on DraftKings, 6.6 on FanDuel. He's just great on both platforms. DJ Moore, the, the resume speaks for itself. The guy's having a great year. Just because he hasn't had a touchdown in a couple weeks doesn't mean anything to me. Robbie Anderson, you're still allowed to play him, but he's so inefficient. And at a certain point, you just won't get the I can't stop, Josh. I can't stop with Robbie Anderson. I know I shouldn't, but I can't. It, he he's a conundrum. I'll be playing some Anderson. I think I'm just going to keep trying to be a little below the field for the most part on him because of the inefficiency struggles and because he's attached to uh, a below average quarterback, but it's really hard to fully fade a guy that's getting that much volume. Tremble and Thomas are very, very difficult because it did look like Ian Thomas was emerging until Tommy Tremble emerged uh, this past week. I think there's just better options in that general price range. So I don't think I'm going to be playing much of either. We'll get to my favorite budget tight end shortly. But I think in terms of stacking this game, the Ryan double stacks are great. And I think you run it back with either DJ Moore or Chuba Hubbard for the most part, and you just keep it simple. And that it's very unlikely that Darnold has some amazing game without Ryan also having a good game. But I think it's a lot easier to imagine Ryan having a good game and Darnold not. So I, I think there's very little world where Darnold has a good game and gets there and that Matt Ryan was not playable in that game. So that's why I'm going to he- more heavily target the Falcon side of things is that I just think Matt Ryan's a better quarterback. We have more interesting stacking partners. So that's kind of where I lean for this one. Yeah, and I understand the hesitancy with a guy like Matt Ryan, but folks, on this slate, when you're looking at quarterbacks, There aren't many options. No Patrick Mahomes, no Aaron Rodgers, no Kyler Murray, not even Kirk Cousins if you were going there. He's been hot lately. So I have no problem with a stationary guy. No Lamar. Yeah, no Lamar either because he's on the bye. So I I have no problem going there with a limited slate, which brings us to our next game, which I am not afraid to pay up for, and that's Miami and Buffalo. Now, this game, of course, Buffalo coming out of the bye – playing Miami, who is really desperate. And we talked about this before we came on, desperate to showcase Tua for a potential trade. Buffalo is favored by 14 points, over-under is 48.5 points. 
Stefan Diggs, is it coming? When is it going to happen? He's 8,100 on DraftKings, but only 7,300 on FanDuel. Just crazy difference. Sanders, I love Beasley this week. I know we'll talk about that because of no Dawson Knox. And you have Miami. Waddle, of course, Gasecki has been tremendous. He's still only a 5,000 on DraftKings, 6.3 on FanDuel. Bills, Dolphins, big spread, Josh, and decent-sized over-under. Where are you going? A lot of Josh Allen. Like you said, there's just a lack of a lot of these high-end quarterbacks. And Josh Allen can just be a real difference maker. He's the most expensive quarterback by a decent margin. But I think it's warranted. He's coming off the bye. Very pass-heavy team. He has maybe the best overall weaponry in the sport after the Buccaneers. So most likely the number two weapons in the game for a very good quarterback facing a terrible Miami defense. And I'll give you, I'll give everyone two ways to play this. If you're on DraftKings, my favorite thing with Josh Allen is the double stack with Sanders and Beasley. Both of them are getting seven to 10 targets most games. So if you can lock up 15 plus Josh Allen targets when Sanders is 5,400 and Beasley's 4,900, I think that's just a great way to play it because Diggs at 8,100 is very, very expensive for DraftKings. And then to run it back, Waddle, Gesicki, even Gaskin. I think it's kind of underreported that Malcolm Brown is on IR. This is really good for Gaskin. Yep. I know Malcolm Brown is gross. However, part of Malcolm Brown and why he was an issue for Gaskin wasn't even necessarily how many like raw carries Malcolm Brown got. It's that Malcolm Brown was stealing a lot of snaps and that when Gaskin's out on the field, he gets a lot of carries, he gets a lot of targets and that he's heavily utilized per snap. So what we're hoping for is that if Gaskin's on the field more, that pretty incredible usage when he's out there will continue. And that we can get some of the the 2020 ceiling games out of Gaskin. We already had one a few weeks ago when he had that 10 catch game with two touchdowns. Definitely in play in this one. They're probably going to be in comeback mode. Gaskin is their best pass catching running back. I think you can also play the two aside. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's a low game to- or it's a low uh, team total with the Dolphins. However, two is kind of playing for his career trying to figure out, are they going to trade him? Is he the franchise quarterback for them? Or is he more of just a fringe spot start, high-end backup for the rest of his career? This is the the big year to find that out. So I really like two of double stacks with Waddle, Gesicki. You can even stack him with Gaskin. So I mentioned Josh Allen, one way to play him, DraftKings, Sanders, Beasley. The other way, if you're on FanDuel, Stephon Diggs is 7,300. For comparison, Sanders is 6,700 on FanDuel, Beasley 6,100. Diggs and Sanders are within $600 of each other on FanDuel. One of these guys is a mid-30s field stretcher. The other might be the best receiver in the NFL not named Devontae Adams right now. With an elite quarterback on the fastest paced team running the most plays in the NFL, so... There, there's two great ways to play it. I think with Josh Allen, we're either stacking him with digs and you can double stack with digs. I probably would just single stack, but if you're not stacking with digs, please double stack. Very unlikely that Josh Allen has a massive four to five touchdown day and only one pass catcher gets there with him. And then on Miami, I think if you run it back with Gaskin as one of your players, why not throw a second dolphin? And I think it's a great game to onslaught, honestly. 
where you could go, if we're on DraftKings, we could go Josh Allen, Emmanuel Sanders, Beasley, and then run it back with Waddle and Gaskin or Gesicki and Gaskin. I think that's a great way to have massive access to this game just because there aren't that many big game total games and that it's really just that Titans Colts game is just over 50 and then a lot of games in the 40s. So that's kind of a a fun way to say, hey, we think Vegas is right about every other game being moderately high scoring and they got this one wrong. And if that one assumption is correct, we can start printing money. Yeah, the Malcolm Brown injury is a really big deal because it's going to fly under the radar with Miles Gaskin. It's really a game changer. Don't forget, folks, back in week five against Tampa Bay, Miles Gaskin overall RB2. That was 10 receptions, 10 targets. He caught every single one of them, 72% snap share. Last week against Atlanta, 66% snap share, four receptions, 77 yards, and the touchdown overall RB8. So he has RB1 upside. It's there. No Malcolm Brown. That's a place you may want to get to because I don't think Miami will hold back Buffalo. So you know the Dolphins are going to have to score. Next game, one of the most popular ones this week, Josh, of course, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Antonio Brown just ruled out today, but look who's back. It looks like the Gronk is back. Brady, Evans, and Godwin, fantastic last week. Fournette, of course, Tyler Johnson, maybe a deep flyer. Talking about the Saints, they traded for Mark Ingram, so Mark Ingram could be in the mix. Is he playing this week? Did they rule him out or is he playing? I don't think he can play because of COVID protocol. COVID protocol, got Because it. I know Joe Flacco – couldn't start for yes, the Jets because of COVID. So I would assume yep. it's the same for Mark Ingram. I just don't think that demanded quite as much reporting as Flacco, but I believe <laughs> they're they're both any of these uh these players are next. However, we still don't know how Dan Arnold played three days after being traded to the Jaguar. So Because he's Dan Arnold. Yeah, maybe maybe they were like, Oh, Dan Arnold. Oh, <laughs> fantasy gamers need a punt play tight end. <laughs> but I believe Ingram's out. Last year, Tampa Bay went down 38-3 to against the Saints, so you know they're going to be fired up for this one. Winston, Kamara at 8.7 on DraftKings, 8.4 on FanDuel. Callaway, Traquan, if he's not fighting people, where are we going here? Bucks and Saints. Right now, it's Bucks favored by 4.5, but the game is in New Orleans. So just like every week, this is mandatory Brady double stack week. And without Antonio Brown, it just makes it more consolidated. I don't really buy that Marshawn Lattimore always shuts down Evans. I'm not going to take Evans out of my player pool. I know the splits. Will I play less Evans though? Yes, because we're, we're clinging to some of these small sample data points when we can. That's one of them. So I don't want to be the guy that plays 60% Evans with my Brady stacks and then gets burned when he has the typical stinker guarded by Marshawn Lattimore. However, Anything can happen in a single game. It's still a small sample size of how many times they've even faced the Saints when Evans has been playing. So also Brady is just such an upgrade from Jameis. So there's all those Jameis games thrown in there. It's it's just a totally different world. So I'll probably favor Godwin a little bit. He's also just cheaper, which makes it easier on both platforms. But I really like Tyler Johnson as well. Tyler Johnson, especially on DraftKings, only 3,100 there. He had a big snap share. He ran a lot of routes and he just didn't produce, which is a one-game sample of not producing in the starting role. Could very well happen this week. Fournette is always a fine stacking partner with Brady. He gets a lot of that pass game usage. And the, the Buccaneers have just blown out so many teams 
that we've seen Brady and Fournette get there because they're putting up on average four touchdowns a game as an offense. They have 28 offensive touchdowns through seven weeks. Just amazing. And then with Rob Gronkowski, if he is active, how are we not just jamming $4,600 Gronk into all of our DraftKings lineups? That is just an incredible stacking partner with Brady, especially when you look at the salary where we have Fournette, Godwin, and Evans all between six and 7,000. And then we have Gronk at 4,600 on DraftKings. If you want to save salary and Tyler Johnson is too gross for you, fine. Make Gronk your second stacking partner. I'm just going to be rotating through every single double stack combination with all those guys I mentioned with Brady. On the Saints side, I'll be playing some Jameis Winston. This is a beatable Buccaneer secondary. However, I don't think this is necessarily the week to be overweight on Winston. It's going to be a very popular game. And I just, it's like with the the Ryan Darnold situation where it's very hard to see Darnold hitting in DFS without Matt Ryan hitting. Very hard for me to see Jameis Winston going nuclear without Tom Brady also going nuclear, which is why I'm going to favor that Brady side more. It's very hard to see any world where Brady doesn't get you 25 to 30 fantasy points. If we're playing Winston, I think on DraftKings, I prefer Traquan Smith, who's only 3,900 there, because Traquan's 5,500 on FanDuel. And then if we're on FanDuel, I think Marquez Callaway a much better play because DraftKings Callaway's 5,400, but he's only 5,900 on FanDuel. So when the price is so similar, Traquan, DraftKings, Callaway, FanDuel just keeps it easy that way, frees up salary. And then I think Kamara is just a solid play on both platforms. We saw him get the outrageous amount of targets this past week. And one thing that we know about the Buccaneers is they generally stop the run game. So who better than Kamara? If there was ever a running back where people get scared from the red ink, where you can't play running backs against the Buccaneers. Well, Alvin Kamara, just like DeAndre Swift, there is no game script where he's going to be out of the game. I think Kamara is another strong play, though. He is quite expensive. So you have to be careful. It's going to be really tough to get Kamara in if you're doing an Evans Godwin double stack. So I think that Kamara really fits in as a run back when Gronk or Tyler Johnson enters your Brady stack. And if you're going Godwin Evans, I think then Traquan or Callaway are better partners. That way you don't have to punt pretty much every other position in your lineup. Yep, I'm with you there. And Alvin Kamara, folks, you can't, I'm not saying every single time start your studs, but in this situation where Ingram is not going to be available, Alvin Kamara is a very difficult player not to play, especially when they're home. In his career, folks, when Alvin Kamara has been home, and I understand this is probably skewed a lot by the sixth touchdown game, over his career, he is averaging 22 PPR fantasy points per game while being home and five receptions, total of over 100 yards. So on average, Alvin Kamara is giving you 22 PPR points, five receptions, over six targets, and 100 yards. I understand Tampa Bay has a great defense, but there's no way that the Saints are going to keep this game close without Kamara being involved, and his price is certainly right. Couple more to go here, my friend. New England at the Chargers. Right now, Chargers favored by four. Just got word today. Austin Eckler looked like he may be out for this game. Mike Williams went full practice. 
Of course, you have Keenan Allen who'll be there. John o. Smith was limited for the Patriots, but they're heading out here. I would think a heavy running dose as well. Will Jacoby Myers get his first touchdown? What do we do with the Chargers offense? Mr. Larky, 49 and a half point over under, almost 50 here. Pats, Chargers, what do you got? I'm going to be playing a lot of Herbert stacks like usual. Not quite as interested in the Mac Jones side of things just because this Chargers defense is very strong against the pass. They're coming off their bye. They're all well rested. And yeah, Chargers the, the big, number when you're right, Chargers number one in schedule adjusted fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. And the the Chargers have just they've really struggled against the running back. And what's one thing that we know the Patriots want to do? They do want to run the ball when possible. I think that Damian Harris is in a pretty good spot out of the, the Patriots guys, especially if like last week Ramondre's inactive. Mm-hmm. That's actually, uh, I'm trying to remember, I was having a conversation with someone about this recently where I think the the one mistake I made in DFS last week was I have my biases against Damian Harris. I think they're they're fairly justified, which is I generally don't tend to play non-pass catching running mm-hmm. backs mm-hmm. as much in DFS. However, when Ramondre was inactive at the last minute, I should have pivoted more lineups to include Harris. If Ramondre's inactive this week, I will not be making the same mistake twice. Josh, I was talking to Matt about this in our FFPC league. Any interest in JJ Taylor or was that a garbage time production only? I think that was probably garbage time. Okay. I maybe I'm wrong about that one. However, it seemed like most of his snaps, most of his production was coming once the game was out of hand. Do I expect a repeat of last year when the Patriots shut out the Chargers? No, I don't think that's going to happen. So probably not going to be playing any J.J. Taylor. I also just think there's so many good low-priced running backs this week. Yeah, true. And that if you can get Gainwell, Khalil Herbert in that low 5K range, that I'm going to be going in that direction personally. With Herbert, I really like you just choose. It's going to be an Allen or a Williams game. Stack them with one of them. You can also throw Jared Cook in there if you want another guy. It's always viable each week. And then it's going to be especially viable if Eckler is indeed ruled out. I really don't have much clarity on the situation. It seems like he, he was sore after Wednesday's practice, didn't practice Thursday or Friday, and it's now up in the air. So kind of an unfortunate situation where we just have to kind of wait and see, especially because this is the later game on the slate. So I always hate when there's the injury uncertainty for the late afternoon games, but I think what you can do is just say, you know what? Let's assume that Eckler's out and we're just going to load up on some Herbert Allen and Herbert Williams stacks. And I think that's a good way where it's tough to get burned. Whether or not Eckler plays, we know these guys have good ceilings. And then I think Myers and Harris are the good run back options. I think you can keep it pretty simple. I think Hunter Henry's viable. John who's probably viable, but it's just tough to see the big ceiling with those guys. Whereas Jacoby Myers has been flirting with 20 fantasy points in a couple of these games, despite no touchdown. And then Damian Harris put up 28 DraftKings points this past week. So we know that it's possible for him. So I think the the best way is Herbert with Allen or Williams, and then Cook as the double stack, and then just run it back with Myers or run it back with Harris. And you can even fit some studs in your lineup, especially if you go the Keenan Allen route. Mike Williams still kind of priced up on both platforms. 
Let's pivot to another four o'clock game. Jacksonville, Seattle. Seattle favored by three and a half points. Over under mediocre, 44 and a half. Open Josh at 48. Interesting. This game opened to over under 48 with Seattle favored by seven and a half. It has now gone down. Seattle only favored by three and a half, and the over under has dropped to 44 and a half. I kind of like this game, and I like the Jacksonville side. Everyone's off it. The Urban Meyer stuff has sort of faded away. Trevor Lawrence, James Robinson getting one of the largest opportunity shares of any running back. LaVisca Chanel, I can't quit. And of course, the one that we love, Dan Arnold. Seattle's still going to have Geno. Tyler Lockett's on the side of a milk cart. And DK Metcalf, you know, got there because of the big touchdown as well. And Alex Collins trying to gut through. Chris Carson, where are you? So Jacksonville, Seattle here. A lot of backups, some interesting storylines. Who do you like in DFS? This four o'clock game, 405 on Sunday. So before the season started, if I were to pinpoint this game and say, that I liked some Jacksonville double stacks with no run back. Crazy. That's crazy. We would we would think that was the most outrageous statement. Yet here we are, and I'm going to be advocating this week for some Jacksonville double stacks, and I'm going to let you know that I think the, the Seattle run back is optional. Wow. Yes, Metcalf got there last week with the long touchdown. However, it's not like he was burying anybody. Yeah, you'll take 15, 18 fantasy points, but yep, nothing course. special. Lockett did absolutely nothing. And I mean, Metcalf would have done absolutely nothing if he didn't break off that long, I think it was 83, 84 yard touchdown off a uh, glorified screen pass. The Geno Smith offense is terrible. And that's kind of why I'm avoiding the Seahawks side for the most part is when you're looking at the slowest offense for pace of play with a well below average quarterback. That's just not a recipe for DFS success. Whereas on the other side with Jacksonville, this is a team that throws a decent amount and the target tree is so consolidated. It's essentially Marvin Jones, Chenault, Dan Arnold, and James Robinson. And that there's not many other guys sneaking in there for big opportunities. And that the complementary players all play fewer snaps and they're just not getting as much usage as those those big four. So I really like Lawrence double stacks with either Robinson, Marvin Jones, Robinson, Chenault, Marvin Jones, Arnold, Chenault, Arnold. There's a lot of good ways that you can do this one. I think you could run it back with an, an Alex Collins or a Metcalf, maybe a Lockett, though that one's kind of a that one's a little bit of a reach, but yeah, struggling. Job, I, I really gosh. think you can just double stack Jacksonville. They're so inexpensive. And one thing that I noticed about Dan Arnold. So Dan Arnold, 4,900 on FanDuel. It's, it's a fine price. It's good. Not great. But DraftKings, Dan Arnold is $2,800. Wow. He's below 3K. We've seen him get eight and five targets in his two full games with Jacksonville this year. And now he's coming off the buy. Remember, he was traded a, less than a month ago from the Panthers to Jacksonville. So the bye week is probably huge for him to get more acclimated, build more chemistry with Lawrence, learn more of the playbook. Very excited about Arnold. And a good way to think about just how crazy of a value he is, Dan Arnold, 2,800 as a tight end. If he was $1,000 more expensive, 3,800 and a wide receiver, I would still put a few Dan Arnolds in my DFS lineups. Yep. So if you're going to give me the gift of 2,800 Dan Arnold, you can better believe he's going to be one of my two or three highest exposure tight ends for this week. 
Two quick ones here, Josh, then we'll wrap up. Rams at Houston. Rams traveling, been hot as heck. Cooper Cup's prop for receiving yards this week, 97. Just insane. Djax comes out, says he wants to be traded. Maybe more opportunity for Van Jefferson. Van, 42 routes last week. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Daryl Henderson, Davis Mills on the other side. New England fell into a trap here. What do you think about the Rams? So I think with the Rams, we'll probably have some Stafford double stacks. Just so hard to get away from Stafford with Cup and then sneak in a Higby, sneak in Henderson, sneak in Van Jefferson. And I think that this DJX trade is actually really big for Van Jefferson because he'd been kind of sitting at this 60, 70, 80% snap share. We know DJX already will not be playing this week as he searches for a trade partner. This past week, week seven, Van Jefferson, 100% snap share, ran 42 routes. Seven targets, two of those in the red zone. He went four for 43 and a touchdown, 108 air yards. A lot to like with those peripherals, and he's super, super cheap. So if you want Matthew Stafford and you want a lot of other really good players like a Derrick Henry, you want Calvin Ridley, you want A.J. Brown, you want to get some of these studs in there, you want some Buccaneers guys, you want Kamara, great. You can play Stafford with Van Jefferson and Higby or Stafford with Henderson and Van Jefferson. And then you can still fit some of those guys in there. And if you want a, a weird run back that I believe is viable this week and you don't want Brandon Cooks, you're allowed to play a little bit of David Johnson. Mark Ingram gone. David Johnson, he's kind of in that intermediate price range. And what I will say about him is that If you look at his targets per game, there's just this crazy fluctuation. And that's kind of the volatility that we like, where we know that David Johnson might just not be involved in the passing game, or he could have six, seven, eight targets. So I think that he's kind of a a unique way to run back a Stafford stack is with no Mark Ingram. we, We already know that Lindsay is just a total zero in the passing game. We also know Lindsay's tiny and the Johnson's the goal line back. So I think there's a a few different ways where Johnson can sneak in 20 fantasy points and should be decently correlated with the Rams because he is the pass catching back there. Dwayne McFarlane over at PFF brought up interesting stat. Tyler Higby is due for a blow up game. He is still running 79% routes per drop back. He is being used. They support him. They want him. It's coming. The blow up week is coming for Higby and it could be this week. Last game, sir, and I know you have an interesting take on this one. Talk to me about the Bears hosting the 49ers. I think there's somebody who could be involved in the Millie Maker. Yeah, this is just a terrible looking game. It's gross. I get it. Do I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy points in this game? No. But I will be hand building a couple lineups to sneak in with all my optimized lineups. Going to be building two to five Justin Fields lineups. On DraftKings, Justin Fields is 5K. Allen Robinson is 4,900. There's rumors already that Allen Robinson might be traded. What better way than to showcase him against a terrible 49ers secondary? If you can spend $9,900, under $10,000, and sneak in a mobile quarterback and his number one receiver against a bad defense, I think that's a win. And... Justin Fields could get you 18 fantasy points and win a Millie Maker when he's just so unbelievably cheap 
and that you can just cram studs in everywhere else. With Justin Fields this past week, they didn't baby him. I know they just got absolutely massacred by the Buccaneers, but this wasn't one of those 17 to 20 pass attempt games like initially when he first got the job. No, 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 no. They let him throw 32 passes. He actually had even more dropbacks than that because he was getting sacked constantly. But still, 32 pass attempts and eight rush attempts. If we're just talking expected fantasy points based on usage, that's a well above average fantasy quarterback. So that you can get this guy who's been getting a little bit better each week with his usage, a little more creative with the play calling, letting him drop back a little bit more each week. The Buccaneers, yeah, it's a ferocious pass rush. They got him. The 49ers do not have any strong qualities on defense, and I think it's worth making a couple Fields, Allen Robinson stacks and seeing where it takes you this week. Justin Fields, if you build it, the money will come. Justin Fields, if you build it, the money will come. I remember we saw in, a, what was his agent? Was that in um, Hard Knocks? They showed like the agent talking to the Panthers saying, dude, you got Dan Arnold. The guy's a stud. And he wasn't used that way. And now he's being used that way. It's amazing. I would have thought it would have been Gronk. I mean, Gronk is just stupid priced right now. If he plays, so I think he's going to play, but yeah, the Arnold, the, the tight end ones in general this week, I thought it was like, th- that was pretty strange pricing across the board. There were, there were a lot of strange ones that I was going through. I was like, oh, that's good. Also, we have the Friar Muth gift now. So that one's fun. What's funny, Ridley DJ Moore was my, in our newsletter, that was like my skinny correlation of the week. I just think it's a great game for both the the wide receiver ones to smash. Friar Muth gift. That's it.